All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host and Tanner File. This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com, a.k.a. America's Sportsbook. Go check out the link in the episode description. But Tanner, man, feels good to say that. It is good to be here with you, my man. It has been quite some time since we both were behind the microphone talking about what's going on in the world of sports. Good to be here with you. How you doing? I'm great, Casey. Obviously, it's been a month since I've seen you. Congratulations again on getting married. That's a big deal. That's right. That's right. I am married now. Congratulations. That's no small feat. I also have have been traveling the last few weeks, so schedules just didn't line up. Luckily, it was not the most active time in sports, but we did miss two things. We missed NBA free agency. We missed the NBA draft. We got to talk about those, right? Yeah, dude, there's a lot going on. More one thing than the other, okay? Because the draft kind of went the way it was supposed to go. You know I mean? It was fun. It was cool. But NBA free agency, man, no one prepared me. No one has prepared me for this, Tanner. For the new jersey, for the new person I'm going to have to root for this season. Let's just get the cat right out of the bag. Yeah, Chris Paul, he's a warrior. I don't know how how to feel about it. We're going to talk about it, though, here to start the show. Bradley Beal, he's a son. Another super team for Kevin Durant. The Celtics are making moves. There have been so many trades in the NBA, so many moves. The Rockets have been busy. We're talking about if we agree with what the Rockets have been doing. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. Damian Lillard finally said he wants out of, out, out of Portland, you know, maybe one to two years, three years too late. But finally, he says he wants to play elsewhere. We'll talk about what's next for Dame and the Blazers here in the first half of the show. Then Tanner's second half, like you said, it's been like a month. What's going on in the NFL? What are we doing? Catch us up. Yeah, let's take out the show. We're jumping back into our NFL offseason position rankings. We are going to be talking about the top five tight ends in the NFL. And then to end the show, we are going to talk about the top five running backs in the NFL. And to say this one is contentious would be saying the very least. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, number one could be number five. It's it's one of those lists, guys. Stick around until the very end of the show. Like I said, it's going to be fun. Not sure where to start, though, Tanner. Did, did, did you know? Did there? You know, was there a big move that happened? Did I miss something that kind of happened in the NBA that we really haven't been able to talk about yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Player you're, you're- I despise most. Despise most, right? Would you say like, you know, you know me pretty well, pretty pretty well. Uh, actual hatred, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably the one you hate the most in all sports, probably right. I'm trying to think all sports. I'm trying to think a bigger person who's a foe, a bigger foe than Chris Paul, I, Aaron Rodgers. But I think it's Chris Paul. I don't know. I kind of like Aaron Rodgers now, <laughs> so I don't know. So it's up there, right? He, he's he's. What right about just there. Eagles fan base? Does that well, come in? I think, but that's different. That's different. We're talking <laughs> fan bases and teams. We're talking players here, and I think that dude was at the very top, is at the very top, and now I have got to root for him. He's wearing my favorite team's jersey on a nightly basis. Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. It took me when I when I say this, I don't want to exaggerate. It took me 10 minutes to pick my jaw up from the floor. You know, when I was out celebrating my marriage with my lovely wife, 
Shout out to my wife. Love you. Uh, Either way, I'm out there celebrating, having a good time. Maybe the drinks are flowing a little bit. I'm feeling good. (laughs) And I get out the pool to see a a, a photo of Jordan Poole and a photo of Chris Paul and then the famous woes breaking, you know, right right in between. And you you know what that means. And then I have like, you know, a million messages from Tanner, from my brothers, from everyone under the sun that knows my feelings for Chris Paul. Um, so yes, about 10 minutes later, I, I was able to pick my mouth back up, maybe go ahead and have another drink, but dude, what was you? Well, okay. So I have a lot to say about the matter. Clearly let's get your thoughts on it before I just kind of turn myself loose. What was your first thought when you saw, Hey, Kate, go ahead. Casey's favorite player. This is how I was favorite thing. Go ahead. Uh, first thought is this is funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text Casey immediately. Yeah. Start making fun of him. Yep. That happened. That happened folks. He was and not alone. Second thought is, I think it's a good move for the Warriors in reality. Uh, I think the team dynamic of Jordan Poole clearly wasn't working out. I think there was some real friction there at the end of the playoffs. And then you had the infamous now Draymond Green punching him in the offseason. Yeah. You bring back Draymond Green, you, I feel like you have to move on from – Jordan Poole at that point, and yeah. you get a guy who's uh, – I don't know how many All-Star games he's made. I'm going to say 10-plus. Oh, I'd probably put it at 15, maybe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what you know what I mean? 10 like, to 15, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but – Yeah, probably over made, 10, though. He's made yeah. a bunch of All-Star games. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a good point guard. He's a top – Top 10 point guard ever, Top 10 point guard ever, and you pair him with a top two point guard ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Is it? It's a weird dynamic, though. It is a bit Does of a he, weird dynamic. Uh, and obviously, he's an aging player, so he's not the player he was three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. But every team he's ever been on has succeeded, has gotten better too. Like, like they yeah. usually get better the the year he gets there. Like, it's a thing. It's like the Chris Paul effect. That team is going to get better. I'm hoping that continues. <laughs> Clearly, right? They could use they could use a bump, some juice. Uh, and I, yeah, I think you're right. I think they chose Draymond. I think they chose Draymond Green over Jordan Poole at the end of the day. And I think that was a smart decision. I think that was smart. Decision. Where you know, because your team is already made up the way it is, I do agree with you. Exactly. Yeah. You have Steph Curry and you have Clay Thompson, who are two starters at the position Jordan who are older. started. Who are older, but who are going to start for the next five years, you would hope, right? They hope they have five years left in them. Jordan Poole, he's a young ascending player, plays that position. You just gave him $100 million. Like you said, maybe issues in the locker room that kept growing, that kept growing. They chose Draymond's side of things, despite him throwing the punch. Maybe Draymond Green actually was in the right in this in this whole thing. Maybe Jordan <laughs> Poole, maybe Jordan Poole was running his mouth to an extent where it's like, wow, <laughs> Draymond Green had to throw this, had to throw a punch at this dude's mouth. Like seriously, I don't want to get the. I love Jordan Poole. You know, I love Jordan Poole. I predict this guy being most improved player. You know, when he was fresh out of the G League, pretty much, right? So. I, I believe in this guy. We'll get to what I think he's going to get to do here in just a minute, but I think they're putting a lot of it on him. They're being they're being like, all right, we were inefficient last year. We were turnover prone last year. We were immature last year. 
a lot of those are Jordan Poole's qualities. Let's just be real. Like those are some qualities from a 22 year old, maybe 23 year old Jordan Poole, who's in his maybe fifth year, maybe going into his fifth year now, maybe his fifth season. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Cocky, butted heads with the older guys. The team was super young last year, and we saw how it worked out, right? That, 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 that's what the team was, kind of what Jordan Poole was. He's gone. Wiseman's gone. Didn't play anyway, but he's gone. And CP3's in, right? And what does he bring? Maturity, stability. Flopping. Flopping. Foul calls. Which the Warriors are pretty terrible at getting. What does this guy do? He gets you calls. He gets to the free throw line. That is going to help your team out. He helps your team. It is tripping other players. Yeah, that's not fun. That's we're going to see. We're going to see how much of a hypocrite I am this season. <laughs> we're going to see it in in real effect. How fast this either switches. Him and Draymond Green is dangerous. They should bring another ambulance, dude. Don't, that's what I mean, though. I, I like the way this team is built at times because you can't push them around. You can't mess with them. You can't, and, and Steph now has a chip on his shoulder where he's going to bark back at you. And I know you think he might start. I'm going to just shut that down. I do think he's going to start, but I'm shutting that down because I'm saying there's no way in my eyes you're going to start a 39 year old, six foot Chris Paul alongside. You know Steph Curry, where your backcourt is going to be defensive. Uh, you know, e- uh, not efficient. Uh, what's the word? De- deficient. There, I'm thinking. There, yeah, exactly. Thank you. No defense, no size, and a guy who gets hurt a lot in the regular season. So I just don't know why they would start him. You know what I mean? I feel like the smart move is to keep him coming off the bench. Maybe you start him a game or two every now and then. Even with Steph and Clay, but I see. I feel like in reality, you're going to be sitting Clay and Steph a lot. He's going to start. No, he's going to start, I think, half the games. I think half. I bet he starts like 55 games. Whoa. I bet he starts. And I feel like the the games he doesn't play. I bet he doesn't start more than 50. I bet 35. I feel like the games he doesn't play, he just won't start. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they'll sit one of those guys most nights. That's the modern NBA. You think? I think you think if he's not starting, he's sitting pretty much. Is kind of yeah. And I feel like that's going to be the thing with most of those three guys. I feel like that's probably the more most realistic. I mean, they sat them a bunch last year, especially Clay. Especially Clay, he gets sat on a bunch of back to back stuff like that. That's more what I meant. I like like whatever a third of the games is. I feel like they'll like each start two thirds of the games, kind of. Okay. So, like, you'll give him 35 games, maybe 30-something games, you know, thir- maybe 20. Yeah, you give him, like, 30. Okay, that works. I, uh, yeah, I think he'll start, like, 30 games for us this year. And I think he will mainly be uh, a person to come and bring stability to the second unit. And they'll pick and roll offense. What have I been dying to see from Steve Kerr? Run pick and roll with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Now you have no choice. Because when Chris Paul's out there, he's going to be running pick and roll. It's what he does so I, I'm excited to see more pick and roll in the offense. It gives Stephen Clay like the ultimate ball handler, the ultimate shot creator, the ultimate facilitator. Where Steph Curry does not have to bring the ball up, for, and for the first time in his career, he doesn't really have to worry about you know who that guy. Is. It, it isn't Jordan Poole bringing the ball up. It isn't not to say you have to worry about an aging Sean Livingston back in the day, you know. But besides a Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? It's like this is a guy you can trust to bring the ball up the court. Um, 
where he's going to look at almost at like an even or at an equal be like, yo, you know, I, I trust you. You can, you can handle it as much as I can handle it. That's, that's big. Um, and they're going to be able to get a bunch of wide open threes, a bunch of wide open shots. So the more I think about it, the more it works. So I'm actually not that upset about it because Jordan Poole's contract was looking like it was more of a mistake, you know, as time went on. Hate him. And when a guy has, has a ceiling of being your sixth man and you give him over a hundred million dollars, you know, that, that's a tough buy, but he's still my guy. He's still my guy. I think he's going to be an all star, most improved player next year, 25 to 27 points a game. I, I, I think he's going to shine in, in Washington and not necessarily, they're not going to be a good team. They're going to be a lottery team. He's going to be a good player on a bad team. <laughs> That's what this is going to be. He's going to be able to take as many shots as he wants, make as many shots, miss as many shots, and he's not going to have Steve Curry yanking him <laughs> when he does. He's going to have full range, the green line, 100%. He's the best player on that team. So there you go. I'm happy for him because now he gets to go shine, um, but he is in the wastelands of the NBA. So at the same time, Kind of tough when you go to you know the top of the league to the absolute bottom of the league. That's tough. Speaking of dudes, a dude who likes to bounce around, and Kevin Durant, just like that, he's got another super team built up, just like that overnight. Just like boom, boom, ready to go. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah. What, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's an upgrade over Chris Paul, but like you don't think this is like scary. Super scary. I think no. it is. I think this could be super scary. Offensively, if they can be decent defensively, just like top fifteen. It's the same thing I'm going to say with every Kevin Durant. Team. You're going to do. Like, you're going to pull the Nets, aren't you? You're going to. I got to see Nets. it. I got to see it. This is not the Nets, dude. I'm going to say this. This is not the Nets. This is better than the Nets. Right away, this is better than the Nets because you have three guys: Devin Booker. Bradley Beal, you saw Bradley Beal when he came out. He's like, I chose Phoenix because I want to play in important games for the first time in my career. Like, this dude wants to play in big games. No, I I, I believe in them a little more because everyone's healthy when it's started. And they're all healthy right now. Exactly. They're all healthy right now. Bradley Beal, he's been, he's been relatively healthy the past couple of years. Devin Booker as well. Kevin Durant, he's a, you know, bit of a wild factor, but when he's on the floor, your team is going to win. That's a super team, man. Like, like, and then the bench is stacking up. They get Eric Gordon. Uh, Josh Okoge is a nice player. A couple other guys I'm kind of blanking on right now. They're doing pretty good things. They, they, and they still have DeAndre Aiden. They still have a center who, who they could flip for assets for more, for more things. Frank Vogel's a defensive head coach, which is kind of where they're lacking. I, I mean, I I don't think it's a bad move. Like, I I think it's a great move. I think they're is it a super just, team? I think it's like a they're super just team. as good as anybody. Like, there's no one that's significantly better than them, but I think they're still in the same tier as some other teams. So you don't think they're the best like team in the league, but that with that firepower, you don't think they automatically kind of get boosted to the top? I don't know. I'd have to really look down and sit down and look at every. I kind of think. I kind of think. think this trade. If I think they're the best team. I'm going to say four names, or <laughs> four four words: Booker, Beal, Durant, Aiton, who's a number one for, former number one overall pick. 
I think that's a super team, and I think they should win 60-plus games, and I think they should be favored to win the Western Conference. I do. That's how I feel about this team, truthfully. If you put it together, that kind of talent. We saw the Warriors do it. We saw the Warriors. They did the same thing. They grabbed, they grabbed Kevin Durant with Clay, with Steph, with Draymond. And at, at this well, point, it's looking like that was almost an anomaly. Like every other super team we have seen built to do that has failed, has lost. A lot of them have been Kevin Durant, <laughs> but still. Um, we again, I just have to see it. Like I, I hope. I think I this mean, could be hope. the I one. I don't hope really, but they, they all got to play, and I got to see it work in the beginning. Like I'm, I haven't. I still need my, a point my, guard. I haven't made my predictions. Or I need anything. a point guard still. Yeah, like this team isn't perfect. No, it's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. But they need a pass first veteran point guard. You know, kind of like the one they just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Paul would do really well on this team right now. Um, but that's a three-headed monster, dude. I think that's similar to Steph, Clay, and Durant. Yeah, Booker, Beal, and Durant. I think that's in the same realm. Of that, it's not that because Steph Curry is a top ten player of all time. It's not that, but it's in the same realm of that because Devin Booker is a guy who can average thirty points, get you fifty on a night, and Bradley Beal is a guy who's averaged thirty two points, thirty one points a game in this league as well. Like these are guys who can score the ball, have a proven track record. That's a three headed monster, and I don't think this is Harden and Kyrie like we said because they have a real coach. It's not Steve Nash. <laughs> That's where it's at. It's not the Nets. This team was just in the finals. Yeah, it's Team Nash's old team. That's funny. This guy's always connected somehow. More capable defenders. And I just think these guys are more bought in, less divas. There's not Kyrie Irving. There's not James Harden. It's Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. These guys are like almost the complete opposite of those guys. I feel pretty good about it. I feel feel pretty good about it. So Warriors Suns conference finals. Huh? Is that what we're looking at? Warriors, Suns in the conference? I don't know. That's kind of don't want to discount the champs. Denver, you know, they're still hanging around. Yeah, the Lakers, they did just they Grizzlies. did just dominate everyone. Uh, yeah, so hey, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, wishful thinking. Uh, the Celtics, though. Okay, another big trade that happened. A pretty big one. They gave up heart and soul of the team. People would say, and you know, one of the biggest leader of the team. I I would say, and Marcus Smart. A lot of people were surprised. I told you not too long ago I would ship Marcus Smart out of town like that. I wasn't too surprised by the move. I kind of think it's an upgrade with what Porzingis will do to their offense. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Marcus Smart wasn't a point guard. They were using him as a point guard, and this guy is a two or a, or a six-man. I he, He's just not the star, or he they weren't using him. I think he wasn't in the perfect role for that team. Um and so who's going to play point guard? I don't know who's playing point guard right now for the Celtics. So is the thing Malcolm Brogdon, but people are saying he's hurt and he's not. He's he's not one hundred percent. People are, that, that's worse than people think. So people won't take him in a trade. That's a big reason why he's still on the Celtics. I don't know if I buy that. It's like a thing I hear all the time with Malcolm Brogdon. He's hurt and it's worse than we think. Like I've heard this before with this guy, and he came out and played great for the Celtics this year. I would still want him on my team, on my roster, on the off chance that he's healthy, on the off chance he's going to be playing. I think he would be, but I don't know who's going to be the point guard at this point in time for them. Um, I like the move, though. Porzingis spreads the floor. You got another 20-point-a-night score, and then you have the, the versatility of bigs. 
Like you have Williams, Horford, and Porzingis. That's length, shooting, shot blocking. Like that's a tough front court to beat. So I I like the move. They had a bunch of guards on the team. I'd like the move. I thought it was a good a good move for them. Yeah, I also think it's a good move, and I think it fills exactly a role that the Celtics need to become more of a contender, which is big shooting ability. Unless it was Damian Lillard and the shot blocking, like yeah, he he can do that, but he's that's that's not what he should be doing. (laughs) Yeah, he's. He's, he's being old. a father at home right now. I don't know why he's doing still in the NBA, but he's playing and he's doing a darn good job. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be out there playing. He is doing a good job. He definitely, you know, is a contributing uh, player on, on on a winning team. But this gives you so much more versatility. Um, and and unless, like I said, you're trading for Damian Lillard, this was one of the second best things I think you they they could probably do. Okay, Damian Lillard. Speaking of him, <clears throat> it's about time. Dame time. It's Dame time. <laughs> yeah, people are saying Dame is now turning his back on loyalty, which he's been preaching about for forever. I think, like mm-hmm. he need, it was time for him to leave. Like he Pretty ran his ago. course there. I think it's been a while, dude. I yeah. think I think like two years. But, but ago. he 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 always preached that like that was going to be the only yeah. place. And he, and like I'm you know. Play. I'm fine if I never win a championship. I'm fine. Like he was dissing on people teaming up and all that stuff. And it's just like, don't diss on it because you haven't had the opportunity to. Okay. Cause you haven't had the chance to now that <laughs> you do. Okay. Everyone's saying, you know, now that he really does, he is, it's a little hypocritical, but I don't, I don't want to like, kill him. I want to yeah, kill no, him for it. Yeah, I want to kill no, him for he, it. He, it was time. Because he needed to do it. It's about time that he did this because I would much rather him kind of be a little bit of a hypocrite and say, hey, I'm actually going to leave the team. I said I'm never going to leave. Never say that as a player. Never say I'm never leaving this team because chances are, unless you're Kobe Bryant, Dirk, Steph Curry, uh, Tim Duncan, you know, very smallest of players. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to get too excited. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying, these guys are playing, I mean, like over a decade, dumb. So, like, these guys have been on their teams for a very long time, won multiple championships, stuff like that. Not every team is that lucky. Um, He obviously didn't do that with with, with this team, but it's about time for him to get out of there. And maybe now he is a, you know, can have a better chance at doing that. Now, this was the sign he needed. They said they, you know, you can draft or you can draft the number two overall or the number three overall pick and scoot, or you can trade that pick, get me an all star, something like that, perhaps, and you know, try and build around me. They said, no, we're gonna go get Scoot, rightfully so. Don't don't squander Scoot Henderson, the number three overall pick, and the super young roster that you have. Trade the oldest piece that you can get a bunch for and Damian Lillard. So it makes sense at this point. For both teams, like both teams, I think are at a good place where it's like we're good without you, and I'm I'm good. You know, if I leave, I'm good without you. I'm I'm good without Portland. But the problem is now it's after free agency. Pretty much all the moves have kind of been made. It kind of seems like you know people have spent their money. People have spent their money. Chris Middleton, like that, could have been like a sign and trade deal, but no, he just went up and extended his deal. I don't know what the deal is with trading a contract like that. It, it gets tougher at this point in time. It's, it's just a fact. And then it's also tougher when he's like, I want to go to this team 
where their best player is a guard who is 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 50-50 if he'd start on the team he's getting traded to. They've Anthony Simons and they have Scoot Henderson. But why do they they don't need Tyler Hero? So like 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 this guy could be a six man for for the team that they're training to, and this is their franchise. I mean, player. I'm sure he would play. I mean, I'm no, sure he, he would. Sure, yeah, but like, like, but like they don't probably need play him. three. They'd probably just play three yards. This doesn't make that much sense, and I think they know that Portland knows yeah. that, and they're like, we don't want Tyler Hero. <laughs> we don't really want that for Damian Lillard. Yeah, and um, why would they? Yeah, like, so what do you think? What do you think is like a reasonable? I'm like, it's scratching, monk scratching my head. It's it's tough. Like, what is a reasonable trade at this point in the NBA? Who knows? Because sometimes they just get traded for scraps or it's a big blockbuster move. So it's like, who knows these days? But what do you think right now? I think probably the most likely is, like you said, him getting traded for scraps to the Heat. I feel like he doesn't <laughs> make that statement if, he doesn't, like, if he's not going to play there. But if we're talking about real trades – there's a yeah, couple teams yeah. that make sense. I think anyone that feels they're a dynamic scorer away from being a legit team should be interested. I think the Bucks should be interested. Like I would love Milwaukee uh, Bucks. I would love to see that a guy who can create his own offense being added to our team. And like I know we probably lose Drew Holiday in that trade, but I'm you don't okay think he could be Middleton? okay with that. Okay with that. Not after we extended him. Yeah, that's tough. I don't think you can trade I, that contract. I, I was re- that's like what Bucks Twitter was. I mean, yeah, Bucks Twitter was saying. Okay, because that's tough was to that, trade that contract. Was that yeah. that's them saying they're not trading Chris Middleton? Uh, Chris okay. Middleton, and any trade would include Drew Hopkins. So it'd be so. a point guard swap, but they yeah. don't want a point guard. Like Portland doesn't want a point guard. Like. That's what gets annoying. Drew is a lot better than Tyler Hero, though. He is. He's a lot better, and I would definitely take him in a trade, but. Uh, we still got to get. I would rather more. have Chris Middleton if I were the Blazers. I'd rather have a, a three who can come in, play defense, score 20 points, and kind of lead my young team, a champion. Not that Drew Holiday isn't, because he is as well, but I think Middleton would just fit better on that team. That's disappointing. And that's kind of why I think, I don't know if you guys are going to land Damian Lillard or not. When I saw that, when I saw that happen, I was like, Dang, I don't like. I, I really thought it was going to be a Middleton package, but if you're saying it's going to be a holiday thing, may, maybe it's maybe it is still out there. Maybe it is still a factor. I was looking at maybe the Sixers. You know, maybe they could do like a Tyrese Maxey. He's a nice young player. People are talking that you know people are valuing him pretty high right now. You flip a young guy like Maxey some picks, and I don't know. I don't know. You, can, you probably can't attach Harden to that, but you can do a three team trade with Harden and get something else back. You know. That that's the James Harden part of things. So I could see the Sixers, maybe the Knicks get thrown into things because, like, you know, they could give up. Like Harden also wants a trade, right? Yeah, Harden wants out. So like they could do like some sort of three way thing with Maxi Harden Harden and end up with Lillard or something like that. I could see that happening. Um, so I could see the Sixers landing him. That would be pretty sweet. I'd be happy with that. If I'm you guys, though, if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks right now, I cannot let the Miami Heat land Damian Lillard because this team just beat us in five games and they're going to go land a top two point guard, three point guard in basketball, like a piece away, the piece that they're missing, <laughs> the piece that they're missing. That's a tough buy. You guys, that, 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 if, it's hard to get by that. And if if he does go to the Heat, because he does say he wants to go to the Heat. That's let's the say, vibe. It, yeah, that's the vibe. 
I know like most reports are saying it's going to be a slow play now, but yeah. let's say tomorrow we wake up after the show, he's on the Heat. The Heat are the favorite in the East, East. right? It's Heat yeah. Suns for me. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> that is an awesome finals. Oh my gosh, that's hey. a awesome finals. It's a hot finals. Phoenix and Miami oh. in June. A lot of sunblock, a lot of water, a lot of fans. Poor TNT. No, no, no TNT does it leading up to it, so they'll be okay. Poor uh, ESPN. They'll be the ones outside. Michael Wilbon and Stephen A. They'll be the ones out there. We're sweating. Out, out there sweating, dapping up, you know. Yeah, it'll be tough. But I think that's that's what I would say. Yeah, if that, if that happens, whoever lands Dame in the East is is my pick right now. Like, if he goes to the Miami, I'm picking them. If he goes to Milwaukee, I'm picking them. If he goes to Boston somehow, I'm picking them. If he goes to the Sixers, okay, maybe not the Sixers. Maybe not the Sixers, just because it's the Sixers, and they've tried this so many different times. And Nick Nurse, no, they do have Nick Nurse now. Ooh, man, the Sixers. I think I, I think I might be picking any team Damian Lillard goes to in the Eastern Conference. That's just kind of the player he is, and how good those teams kind of are. I feel like so. Yeah, that's kind of what's going on in the NBA right now. My team. Oh, I'm looking at my poster here. It says champions. It's got Jordan Poole on it. You know, I'm just reminiscing on what was and what could have been. But hey, we're moving forward. We got CP3. Like that's if you were going to tell me last year that Chris Paul was going to be our backup point guard, I'm going to be like, whole like, holy crap, dude. That's pretty crazy. Like that is pretty insane behind Steph Curry. You have Chris Paul. We'll see how it works out. That's a crazy dynamic. We'll see with Draymond Green, throw him in there in the mix. Steve Kerr, it's, that's the personalities right there. We're going to see how that goes. Let's take a break, my friend. Come back, and it's list time. It is list time. It is ranking time. One of them is going to be quite quite the discussion as well. So we have tight ends. We have running backs. And then what What did we do? Remind me really quickly. Last week we did – not last week because last week we didn't have a show. Last show we did receivers. Uh, last show I think we did defenses and head coaches. Oh, okay. There was time before that we did receivers. receivers. Okay, so it's yep. been some time. Okay, so we're going from defenses to head coaches to a tight ends and running backs. That's Tanner. I'm Casey. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. Like we said in the first half of the show, let's transition and continue on. Okay, almost start to wrap up our NFL preseason rankings. It has been a minute, but like Tanner told us before we went to break, last time we did this, it was coaches and defenses, if I remember correctly, right? Okay, good. My memory lasts a whole five minutes. That is good to know. Uh, This week, we're looking at tight ends and running backs, and we're going to go ahead and start things off with the big guys, with the tight ends, five through one. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Okay, so let's go five through one, and let's open things up with you, my friend. Who do you think right now is the fifth best tight end in the NFL heading into the season? Uh, Number five, I have Dallas Goddard. I think he is kind of in a tier of his own. Here, where he's like a little bit better than your Pat Fryermuth and your Kyle Pitts, who miss out, your Zach Ertz, those type guys. Yeah. Tyler Higby, Dalton Schultz, those guys all miss out. I was hoping you weren't going to say Schultz. <laughs> like, like, they're all worse than Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Dallas Goddard isn't 
in the tier of the guys ahead of him. I think, yeah, I, I think I agree. He's not that much better than those guys, but like he is better and it is a, a jump. He is a jump better than those guys. I would rather have him than everyone you just named. Yeah, I'd rather have Dallas Goddard. I also had him at number five for pretty much that same reason. It's like this guy, he dropped two passes last year. He dropped two passes. He's a, he's the almost the definition of a security blanket. This dude, and I, I think he was tied for fourth in big plays for tight end, so he was constantly breaking tackles and making big plays. No, no, he's great, and, and he's a good blocker. He's a good blocker. Yeah, he, he he does it all. He does it all. So number five, what help take a team to a Super Bowl? Number five for me as well. I like it. A little bit of a boring choice, but he's number five. Yeah, I think this whole tight end list might be a little it's boring. a bit of a snooze I, fest. Because um, the rankings are pretty clear, in my opinion. And number four, I have TJ Hawkinson. I I think what he does as a receiving threat is better than what Dallas Goddard can provide. Yeah, yeah. And he's also a capable blocker, so I think that ekes him out over Dallas Goddard. Yeah. I think playing a whole year in this Minnesota offense where he's probably going to be the number two receiving option is going to be great for him. Mm-hmm. I expect him to have the best year of his career. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson at number four. Yeah. I love everything you just said. I love the trade dating back to when they did it, the trading deadline. We were a little confused them dealing in division like that. Just like, Oh, okay. You're just going to send one of your best players to your rival team. Um, and it really worked out for him. He, you know, he, he, he saw more balls come his way. Uh, he, he really, you know, stood out in Minnesota. And like you said, I, I now a full year there, I think he's going to, Maybe, like you said, I think maybe have the best year of his career. A big body. He's trusted so much there that they throw it to him two yards short of the first down. Hey, We're yeah, on, four, yeah, on, yeah. on what would be the last time the Vikings They trust him the that much. They do trust him that much. Uh, that's a good shot. That's a good shot right there. It is almost, almost as good of a shot that uh, – Ezekiel Elliott took when he was playing center for the Dallas Cowboys on their <laughs> final play of the season. There we go. And there we are. Uh, he's still looking for a team, by the way. <laughs> Ezekiel, he, he's still out there looking for a team. Uh, I have Hawkinson at four as well, though, my friend. This dude is a baller. I, just getting better and better. Yeah, he, I think he's the fourth best tight end in the game as well. Number three, I, I hate to just keep continue the snooze fest, but like, Mark, I don't think Mark Andrews is better than George Kittle. I don't think he's better than you know. I don't get too ahead of ourselves. But I do think, but I do think that Mark Andrews is in the same tier as George Kittle. I think he's. I have him ranked below him. I also have Mark Andrews at three, but I think they're kind of in the same tier. I think he's a better receiver right now than George Kittle. But after the catch. It's yeah, just they, like they almost do different close. things. Yeah, George yeah. Kittle's game yeah. is close to the line of scrimmage. He's yeah. blocking. He's getting yeah. balls. He's running rack. Yep. Mark Andrews is a wide receiver, split out, big body. Yep. yep. Uh, box you out yep. receiver. He's gonna catch it and he's gonna secure the yardage. You know, he, he's not gonna really go for five, ten extra yards after the catch. More than, you know, usually. Um, so yes, different guys. I prefer a guy like, like Kittle. So I'm going to go with, uh, with, uh, uh, Andrews at number three, excuse me. I'm going to go with Andrews at three, a little less, just a little less versatile. 
than Kittle. He, he just a yeah. little less. So I got to give the nod to the guy that also we just saw carry, you know, mystery relevant. I don't want to say carry, but, you know, because he, he he threw the balls himself. He, he played very well. But <laughs> this dude was phenomenal during that stretch. The 49ers went on. Where, how many games? 8-0, 7-0. They went on a certain stretch at the end of the season. With yeah, I don't remember and, I remember and, the, up until the NFC Championship. Yeah, they they went on a run with Brock where they did not lose a game, and you know he he was just fantastic. So I so not to jump too far ahead of ourselves, but Mark Andrews at three. Really quickly before we get get get, uh, get to George Kittle, say some nice stuff about Mark Andrews for us, Tanner. Why is this guy at number three? Uh, because he's the best vertical receiver tight end in the NFL. Go, on a go route, I don't know if there's anyone else you would want. He's yeah, he's like he's he's huge and he plays the ball in the air better than anyone I think at tight end. Yeah, like he's the ultimate possession receiver. He's fast, like he's a great athlete. Like and he's not a great blocker, but he's a willing blocker. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. not the, to the tier of George Kittle. That's why George Kittle's ahead of him. But he's better. He's a better blocker than Travis Kelsey. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Let's just show you how, how good of a receiver Travis Kelsey is. We'll get there in just a minute. Um, so Mark Andrews at three, George Kittle at two. That's where we are currently. Yep. Let's go off on this guy for just a second, even though he just beats the crap out of my team every time we see him, every time we face the 49ers. But you got to respect that he is an animal. And when he's on the field, like when he's on the field, it's just it's night and day for this team, and it's just kind of showing you like they were this close still from going to the Super Bowl with a backup, you know, or, or you know, a mystery relevant. All that and a lot of that is to do with a guy in George Kittle. So number two overall, I'm sorry, number two overall as far as tight ends go, you just can't. He's I feel bad for the guy because no matter what he does, I feel like we always are gonna have him at this number two spot, despite how great I used to rank him number one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Ever, ever since we've done the podcast, I think we've always had Travis. Yeah, if you would have asked me one. in the first year though, like because this is going into our third NFL offseason. We didn't do mm-hmm. position ranking the first year. I definitely would have had Travis Kelsey. I mean, I definitely would have had George Kittle ranked number one that year. Hmm. Well, but that's good to hear. I've, 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 I've changed. I've changed my tune, though. Yeah, I think a lot of people have. I don't think you're alone. And, and uh, he's so good. He's so good, though. Like, 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 like both the guy, both guys. But it's always going to be one and two, just because Travis Kelsey is a receiver. He's a tight end, right? He's a receiver with a tight end's body. I like, I, like, I can just go on and on. This guy's just an absolute freak at the position it's just okay. you can't okay, guard so him you can't touch him what time what time he caught like four balls for four touchdowns <laughs> like and, and like four yards that game you just what do you do with the guy there's nothing you can do with him yeah so so let's go ahead and talk about travis kelsey number one i think on both of our lists we have the same one through five travis kelsey is not as bad as blocker as some people try to act like he is that's terrible but but that's not his game his game is Playing the slot receiver and also being able to make fields, make plays down the field after the catch. He's the best the probably best. ever at tight end. He moves yeah. like a receiver out there. Like okay, it's- if we already did our top five, or we did, yeah, we did our top five receiver, top ten receivers. We did. 
Yeah. If Travis Kelsey's position was changed to wide receiver, where does he rank? Because mm. that's that's I feel like the real conversation. Mm. That is the real conversation. Uh, I, I, I have my opinion for you. So, honestly, would he be one? Uh, that's what I was going to say. I kind of I think like I would take him over anyone else one. in the game. I think I'm just trying to think about weapons and, like, who I would want as my number one weapon, right? He's that good. I, I think like, Travis Kelsey would be my number one choice. I think he would be, yeah. He's he's in that he would be. I feel like he's in the same tier as those like top four receivers we talked about when we did our receivers list. Mm-hmm. I think he's in the tier with those guys as the best actual like offensive players in football right now. That's a great question. Yeah, you're right though. I think he that's insane. He's he's number one. Just guys who catch the ball. <laughs> but moving on to other guys that could be considering off could be considered offensive weapons. We got through the easy list. I feel like the tight end list was easy. Five distinctive guys. I think Darren Waller maybe qualifies for number five. If he's healthy, he just – it's been a while since we've seen that. He's got so he's I, got your man Daniel Jones, though. So I think we should talk about running backs now. He's got your guy. Daniel Jones is your guy. Yeah, speaking of Daniel running Jones backs. Daniel Jones is my guy. Speaking of running backs, <laughs> Daniel Jones. <laughs> I'll talk about him, too. Where is he ranking this? Um, actually, probably decent. Not, not, ter- <laughs> not terribly. Running backs, you're right. I'll stop kidding around. <laughs> running backs, top guys, you know, a position that has, you know, that used to be valued super high. Ezekiel Elliott was, maybe it was Saquon. I'm trying to think the last guy. Was it Saquon who was like the last top five, top you know, huge lot? Yeah. yeah, Saquon. Okay. And then B. John this year, right? Didn't he go six? Or yeah. when did B. John go eight? He went eight. So I guess not as high. Yeah, like like Saquon and Zeke are like really the last two yeah. to be like boom right away. We want these stud running backs. It's been a they while. Might be mentioning one of those guys here in this list. Hey, we just might. I know one of us is. I know one of. I know we definitely will be. Um, but it's gone downhill though to the point where it's like I'll just draft one in the third round. I'll just pick one up in free agency. I'll just do whatever for the minimum. You know, it's not a position we really value that much anymore. Unless you're the Forty ers <laughs> they just trade a bunch of stuff. For a running back and paid him a bunch of money. But a very so, good running back. But a very good one. And that leads me to um so we're gonna go ahead and start our list though. We're gonna start our list and we're gonna get to who's number five, who's number one. Where do we start? We're gonna start at five. Yeah, I think in a normal list, if we were doing this for most positions, we would start with mentioning some honorable mentions that just missed the list. But this one I feel like we kind of gotta not mention those. Because there could be guys left off our list that could be number one on each other's list. Like these, like the top six or seven running backs is all very close and very speculative and it's up to interpretation. So just want to say that my number five running back starting with that is Josh Jacobs, the guy who just led the league in rushing and he's number five. He like, he got, he got pounded this year. Like they gave him the ball a bunch yes. because a he was on because yeah. he was on a contract year, and because of that, they were like, "Well, we're going to use you. And if you get hurt, we're not going to sign you. And if you don't, then we're probably going to extend you, which they haven't done yet." Um, yeah, I was about to ask you the that. Franchise I, tagged we, him. Yeah. So that's what makes me think he's going to have another great year because he's playing essentially on another contract year. If he decides not to hold out, and it's a Jimmy Garoppolo 
led offense. So you, which know means you're probably going to be running, running the, ball. the ball. Yeah. So, but we're talking about pure ability here. If we're talking about who I was taken to lead the league in rushing, I think Josh Jacobs would be my first or second pick, probably. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to get the ball a lot if he stays healthy. I think he has a very good chance to lead the league in rushing again. But if we're talking about pure ability, I don't have him as high as some of my other guys. Mm-hmm. I agree. I didn't even have him on my list. I think okay. I had, I, I had okay. him. I had him as high as like three. And at I one don't point. hate that. I had him as high as like three at one point. I had him at five. I had him at four. I bounced this guy around to the point where it's like he's off. <laughs> it, it was it, it was that hard of a, of a decision for me. I ended up going with your guy. Your guy at number five, one of your guys, because you have several guys in, in this discussion. You're going to have several of them. I'm a running back guy. You are. What can you say? I don't blame you. Derrick Henry. I think he is a top five running back still. Absolutely. Uh, I almost was going to – it was the debate for me, Henry or Josh Jacobs. I had to go with Henry. This dude still had like 13 touchdowns on like a down year. <laughs> we, you know, we, we 1,500 yards. 1,500 yards. Games. I know, like, you know, and people like me, though, like I said, I, I he's not the number one guy anymore, which is all I was saying in our heated discussion last year, which I still remember, obviously. Um, but, but the guy you mentioned as number one, yes, yes, on this list. he's not on the list, and he's not, I'm not even saying that name this time around. He doesn't deserve me to say that name. Goodness gracious, I'm not even mentioning, but Did Derek, you know Derek Henry, Henry, Derek Henry right. had was just like a few yards away from having 2,000 scrimmage yards last year, seriously. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. He, had, he, had he was also a work. He was he also a work three, last 398 year. In, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. In receiving. Yeah. And then 1538 in rushing. But he has zero receiving touchdowns, I know, right? He has zero receiving touchdowns, I'm pretty sure. But I think he also caught the most passes he had ever caught, too. Really? Oh, okay. He is playing with Tannehill and then Malik Willis and whoever else was playing. Yeah, 33 catches. Okay. That's not too That's not bad. That's not bad. Versatile, uh, not 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 too versatile of a guy, but you know he showed us last year. He's got more tricks up his sleeve. He's still what fifteen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns. He's a top five back. I got Derrick Henry at five. Okay. Yeah. Now moving on to number four. Yeah. Would you go with number four? Back to back Tanner's guys. I'm going Saquon Barkley at number four. This guy is so dynamic. When, you saw what he did to the Giants offense. That's why I was saying, you know, don't extend Daniel Jones. Don't pay Daniel Jones all this money. Our, our argument talking about him, is he deserving the pay Saquon. Hell? Pay Saquon, do not pay him. They haven't even paid Saquon. He's franchise tag, so that's not looking like it's going to happen. But he, I think that was the leader. That was the true leader of your of your offense last year in New York. It was Saquon Barkley. This dude was insane. It's the injury thing. It's all the reps he's taken, though. Where he is in his career, I I, and I I don't think he's the best. I don't think he is number one. Talking about some other guys who I would take over him, but I do think he is still a top five back, and I would take him probably over Derrick Henry right now. So Saquon and Henry are my five and four. Okay, at number four, I went Nick Chubb. I think Nick okay. Chubb might be the best pure handoff running back in the NFL. If we're talking about who's the best runner of the football, I think I'm taking Nick Chubb over Old everybody. School. Mm-hmm. Where's the no gloves? 
which is just like even extra intimidating. It's like I'm watching The Express with Ernie Johnson or something, or Ernie <laughs> Davis. I mean, Ernie with Ernie Davis when I'm watching him play. You know, I think he was drafted by the Browns. Actually, I don't think he ended up playing for them. But yeah, dude, I agree. Like one of the most consistent guys I feel like in the past how many years? Five, four years? I would say four or five years. This guy has always been there, always doing a great job, always at the top of the league in stats. But he offers nothing in the receiving game. He's a little. He's got little hands. He's got. He's a little guy. He can't see the ball. He's give him a chance. Maybe this year we'll see a little more. He has been playing with Baker Mayfield. And, and Cream Hunt has been the receiving back. And Cream Hunt there. has been the receiving back. I and think. I think. Yeah, and I. I think he's got a chance to do some more stuff. And Deshaun should be better next year. Oh, I. He's I gonna be better. We'll get to we'll get how we to think the teams Browns. Are do, we'll get but... there. Yeah, I feel you. I, I I have a similar hunch on the Browns and Deshaun Watson, actually, I feel like. Um, but Saquon uh, and Chubb are fours. Okay, those are our fours, and I like – it's crazy. This list is insane. Who's, who's your three? Who's your three? At number three, I went with Derrick Henry. Okay. You ranked at five. I five, think five. he – Offers a little bit more in the receiving game than Nick Chubb does, and he's right behind him in that running category. Where if I was going to hand the ball to a running back, I want it to be either one of those guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. They're they're huge. They're bruisers. They kind of go together, and then just mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is a better receiving threat than Nick Chubb is. So I went Derrick Henry. We already kind of talked about him. Who'd you go number three? I want Austin Eckler, okay, a guy okay. You, you don't Didn't even make have. my list. Didn't make Tanner's list, exactly. I want him at three. I was just thinking about this. Who's a guy <clears throat> who's versatile, does it all, scores a bunch of touchdowns, gets a bunch of yards? Oh, yeah, that's that's Austin Eckler. <laughs> he does literally everything super well and is the versatility piece in LA. He probably would have been Chargers. on my list. I, I, I think he had 18, 19 total touchdowns last year. This is what he does in the receiving game and in the passing game. I think he had over 20 the year before. It's crazy what this guy does. I got Eckler at three, just how dynamic he is, what he does to that offense. I really value the two-way game or, or the, you know, the two-way game and catching the ball and running it. All those touchdowns, too. I love guys who score points, man. This dude, scores, fan- this dude scores he's, points. He's the fantasy football darling. He is. He's the fish. I, I think that's a big part of why I got him at yep. three. Uh, I, I couldn't help myself. I got Austin Eckler at three. Yeah, Austin Eckler is great. And Austin Eckler scores touchdowns. And Austin Eckler catches the ball, which is which are two very, very valuable skills. I don't think he's quite as good as all the guys I have on my list ahead of him, though. I think he would be right at number six for me. But like I said, there's six or seven guys that are all kind of in the same tier. I'm a fan, man. I, I'm a fan. I think I'm not not a fan. No, I know. I'm just more a fan. I'm just yeah. a little more. Okay. I'm just a little more. Uh, number two, I I'm going with a guy. I think you had three or four. I'm going with Chubb. Nick Chubb is at me is for me at number two. Did he lead the league in rushing last year? What, what did Nick no, Chubb? Josh do? Jacobs did. Oh, you're right. You're right. You you, you spoke on that already. My bad. And hmm. I think Derrick Henry was second. Derrick Henry was second. You were correct on that. He was. He was like about. Almost like a game behind, I think. So like, like, like if he would have played another game or so, maybe Derrick Henry could have been like the league leader. If he would have played something. in 17 games. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, you, you are correct. Uh, forgive me on that. But Chubb, like I said earlier, one, I think, I think probably the most consistent guy that we're talking about on this, on this list year in, year out, the past four or five years, 
top at pretty much every single category. Old school, I don't think there are too many guys, like you said, I don't think there are too many guys like him left in the league. I'm going to appreciate him a little bit more. I got Nick Chubb at number two. Um, bit of a, you know, a consistency factor here coming for me where I know I can count on this guy. And I know I can count, I can count on him going into next year as well. So I got Nick Chubb at number two. Yeah. Nick Chubb has been healthy for his entire career pretty much, like, which is always, yeah, exactly. Pretty much an anomaly. I think he had one year he was injured. Which Zeke was is- a similar way. Zeke really never, you know, missed a game or anything, but he, we saw the drop off from Zeke. We haven't seen anything like that from Chubb quite yet. So yeah, yeah. Nick Nick Chubb's great. You're not gonna hear me back talk or bad talk. Who'd Nick you have, who'd you have at number two though? At number two I went Christian McCaffrey. Uh, fair, uh Christian fair. McCaffrey we saw what the 49ers gave up to go get him last year. <laughs> and when they got him, it was worth it. They won Boom. like they eventually I mean they They lost their first game and then didn't lose again until the NFC title game, I believe. Yeah. 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 And they were incredible. Their offense flipped a switch just like that with dude, and then Purdy and with him being put put in the lineup. Mm -hmm. I know people wanted to talk about Brock Purdy a lot, but I think more of it was Christian McCaffrey than a lot of people were talking about. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and then it's what this guy can do receiving and running the ball is better than anybody in football. So that's why he's number two for me. Yeah. He's number one for me. I'm going to one-up okay. you a little bit. I had to put him at one just because when I'm thinking about it, it's okay. All things considered, he's healthy right now. Like He's healthy. Mm-hmm. When yeah. he's hurt, it's a different discussion. This dude's 100% healthy. We just saw him playing fantastic football for a decent stretch of time, which is new, right? Which is kind of new at, at, at this point in his career. It's kind of refreshing to see. There's not a guy I would rather have. There's not a guy I would rather have at, at running back. He does it all. You said it. He catches. He can block. He can block. He can catch. He can run. This dude's, a, he can throw. He's a first running back ever who's like caught a ball, ran it, and thrown a touchdown in a single game. <laughs> this dude does it all. And you saw what Shanahan did. He, he's just out there like a kid in a candy store making plays when he's got pieces like him out there, players like him out there to use. I think Chris McCaffrey is the best player at that position right now. And I, it's almost like a tear to zone when he's on his when he's on his A game when he's on his level. I almost feel like he's on a tier of his own. He's on he's on another level. Um, I'm pretty high on him. I've seen him beat the Cowboys, you know, and there's just nothing we can do to stop that man. So I, he earned my respect. I got him at number one. At number one, I would say Juan Barkley. I think if you were to put every player in a vacuum. You took the skills that every player had. I think you would take Saquon Barkley over everybody. Oh, he he does everything as good as anyone. Like they don't give him an opportunity really to catch the ball. But he when doesn't they do, catch the ball. But, yeah, but, but but when they do, he's great at it. Yeah, you know, he is. He is. He just doesn't do it. He just and he plays. He plays in. He's played in a pretty non-dynamic offense his entire career. He has played he behind a subpar yeah, yes. offensive line. His yep. entire career, hundred percent, a bad offensive and, line, yeah, bad. And one. and I am very worried about injuries. I'm taking everybody's health in a vacuum during this list. Like, hopefully, everyone, I have McCaffrey at one. Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Hopefully, everyone is healthy this year. But right the now, they the all are. Back, but the nature of the running back position is nah, that's not the case. We're all not all going to finish. I the think year. Saquon Barkley 
is the most talented running back in the NFL. That's why I have him number one. All right. I like it. Hey, I, I, like I, I said, I respect I, for that guy too. I wouldn't be mad if you put five other guys out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saquon. I, I had Saquon at four. Uh, the injury thing, and you know, he's a giant. <laughs> he's a giant. At the end of the day, um, but a great player. You're right. Him and McCaffrey, very similar skill set. You know, just an explosive dude. If if he was with, imagine if he was with Shanahan. Imagine if yeah, Saquon that's Barkley what I'm saying. There. You're right. No, you're right. Like he's just not. He's not. <laughs> and Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is. And I get to see him in those creative plays. I get to see him in those important games that we did with Saquon too this year. They got blown out. Hopefully, was, the hopefully the Giants are better this year, which so, I think they could be. I think so too. I think so too. Um, we'll see though. Those are our top five. So I had McCaffrey, Chubb, Eckler, Saquon, and Henry for my top five. Go ahead, do as you do. And I had Saquon Barkley number one, Christian McCaffrey number two, Derrick Henry number three. Nick Chubb, number four, Josh Jacobs, number five. And then to recap our tight ends, we both had yep. Travis Kelsey, one, George Kittle, two, Mark Andrews, three, TJ Hawkins at four, Dallas Goddard, five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those tight ends are pretty much a lock, but man, no one, know who I miss? I miss Jason Witten so much. <laughs> like every year, out of here. every year it goes, that goes by and I don't have him just right there as my safety valve safety blanket whatever you want to call them like just like man was i so spoiled was i so spoiled because like wow was he great <laughs> wow but, was he so great sorry y'all i'm just reminiscing for the other just, space i guess he's you. just oh. sitting back thinking about nfc divisional round games but, oh, yeah. oh man but all right all right next right. next week We'll be talking top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, finally to the most important position in all of sports. I'm excited We're going to break down who we think are the top 10 quarterbacks. I think we probably both got the same guy at number one after America's that. QB. After that, it could be a toss-up for the other nine spots. And then That'd we're going to start our NFC division – I mean, our NFL division – breakdowns probably doing nfc south next week so good to hear about my bucks fun i can't wait to talk about baker mayfield i cannot wait to do that stick around though uh i know or for next week's show it's going to be a fun one more and more stuff happening in the nba as well go follow us on twitter dudes talking underscore pod on instagram dudes underscore talking underscore sports leave a comment review on whatever platform you're listening on tanner whoo Felt good to be uh, good to be back, my man. Get the nerves out. Get the get the rust off. We're back. Felt great. Congratulations on getting married again, and congratulations, Kinsey. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you for coming out. It was great to see you. Good to be back here with you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys again next week.